Welcome back to the Thunder Buddies podcast. I'm your host, Michael Martin, and I am joined by my Thunder Buddy. He is a sports columnist for The Oklahoman, Joe Masato. Joe, how are you doing? I am doing well. It's a good morning, Michael. Uh, things are happening. Things are happening fast. Tomorrow, Wednesday, we talked to Sam Presti for his preseason avail. Monday is media day. Uh, things are things are moving. And how about this segue? Michael, you're moving as well. I have taught you well in the uh, the art of segues throughout this. There are some times where I had a great segue and you called it out and you're like, that's a great segue. And other times I would go, I don't have a segue. We're just moving on. But that is a good segue because there are things happening. Um, over the last week, I um, was offered an opportunity to join Sellout Crowd and I will be doing Thunder podcasting for them, uh, hosting and a variety of other things behind the scenes. Um, this was not something of just like, hey, I got to get out of here. We are all on really good terms here at the Oklahoma and between myself, Joe, Jeff Patterson, the sports editor. But this was just an opportunity I couldn't pass up. But unfortunately, the Thunder Buddies, as you know it, this is going to be the last pod for now. It's very, uh, very bittersweet. First off, uh, I, I am very happy for Michael. This is a great opportunity. I cannot wait to purchase my Michael Martin is a sellout t-shirt. Um the the billboards will be going up soon. I've lost a I've lost another one of the sellouts. Uh but a lot of good people over there. Michael's gonna do great work. This podcast will continue as it has through uh several hosts and writers and whatnot. So uh we'll still uh figure things out on that front and and uh give you updates along the way. But Michael Congrats, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, if a pandemic couldn't stop this podcast, I don't think anything will. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I would liken your move uh, to a new venture, to, to, a, to a pandemic. It is, it is of epic proportions, the effect it's going to have on my life. I don't know what I will uh, do. Because Other than see me tomorrow. <laughs> you, yeah, well, I'm trying to be dramatic here. Oh, I'm sorry. You... Uh, you have handled this pod with grace and uh, have handled the hosting, the planning, the scheduling. And now I suppose I have to go back to doing some of that. But alas, I am happy for you. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, I've I've had a ton of fun doing this with Joe, Barry, and just the various guests that we've had on. I feel very blessed I got the opportunity because, I mean, Jeff... In a lot of ways, took a chance on me whenever I didn't really have any experience doing this other than the podcast in college. But I uh, went and sold myself in a meeting and he gave me the chance. And Joe, going back to the first pod we did, or even before that, I remember listening to the last Thunder Buddies you and Barry did. And at the end, you gave me a shout out and this big promo of all the things coming up. And I was like, oh, I hope I can deliver on this. Joe like hasn't met me and he's already said all these nice things. Like, I hope I can do this. You did it well. You said you also said you sold yourself. You did a good job of that, and, and now it's only fitting that you're a sellout. So, um, life comes full circle, man. <laughs> Poetry in motion. Yeah, if we're talking about the sellout, uh, like the T-shirt, you will be. There will be one pressed and made, and it'll be for you. That'll be it. And yeah, my my billboard will it, be like in a back alley somewhere. I'll put it up in my backyard. Retire like a jersey. I appreciate it. Hanging on my fence. 
but we can get into more sub- stuff later just about strolling down memory and lane uh, memory lane and stuff but we do have some thunder stuff to talk about because I was not going to have my last pod just be a, a sap show. We are going to get into some actual Thunder stuff. So, Joe, we are going through our most interesting storylines ahead of Media Day. Each of us are going to have three. Just say what, whatever comes to your mind. It does it, As long as it's interesting to you, that's what I want to hear. What, what's the first thing that you have? Um, so I'm going to combine like... Presti's avail uh, availability on Wednesday with Media Day Monday when we'll talk to Mark Thagdalton, every player. Uh, w- one of the things I'm most intrigued about is talking to Sam Presti about Vasily Micic and talking to Vasily Micic about the Thunder and asking both of them, why now? Why was this the summer where you guys came together? Um Micic, who was a star in Europe, is now going to take a lesser role in the NBA where he's uh, not going to be a star in in all likelihood. And, you know, Presti sort of took a chance as well of, you know, adding a veteran guy uh, to this mix and another ball handler, another guard. Um, So I'm very curious how it's going to work out on all fronts. So I'm excited to talk to both of those guys about their meeting in Oklahoma City and answering why now crazy enough i had michich as my first one as well and right underneath i put is he a real person are we sure he exists like all these things because we i know that our friend andrew schleck saw him at summer league but outside of that like wanting to hear from him about his role and his um vision of the thunder and things like that like you mentioned i'm super intrigued to hear yeah, yeah, I, I, he was he was there at summer league. I, I I saw him in the flesh. I did not speak to him though. Uh, he was off limits at the time because he had yet to actually sign with the Thunder, even though he was like going through workouts and you know sitting on the sideline watching the games with Jack White and everything. Um, but yeah, have have yet to had a chance to interview him. He's yet to speak publicly uh, since joining the Thunder. So you know, I think of all the media day interviews of all the players like yeah it's like you want to talk to shay and chet and jadab and giddy but um to me like michich is at the top of the list yeah i want to ask kenrich on media day about the rookie hazing that i asked him about at the end of the season uh pressers and he's like yeah we're gonna get into some rookie hazing and i'm gonna ask him what about a rookie that's a year older than you how how do you go about that a guy with like grown man wife and kids and it's like hey get my bag. What, what, I wonder what Kenridge is going to do with that. Yeah, I don't know if Meech is just going to be hazed. That seems unkind and unwarranted, especially for, for a grown man, for anyone, really. I mean, I don't want to add for hazing. But um, yeah, it is weird bringing in a, a rookie like this. And um, yeah, two two very interesting rookies this team has in Chet Holmgren and Vasily Meech. Uh, both on very different um, stages of their life. And a guy picked at 10 in Casey Wallace, who we'll, we'll get to at some point. But yeah, I'm the Meech's thing I think is going to be interesting. Just asking him, you know, why now? Why this team? Why make the jump to the NBA now? It's going to be a ton of fun stuff. But what's what's up at number two for you? Uh, number two for me, because he's the face of the franchise, want to talk to Shay Gilgis-Alexander. And I think it's easy to look at, for me at least, I don't want to speak for everyone else, to look at his numbers in the season he had last year and thinking, okay, like, 
this this might be the peak. Like I don't know how he could. It'd be very tough to replicate the season or to expect another season like this. Not only the counting stats, but the efficiency, the 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 two way nature of his game. Just you know how he was bought in every night on the defensive end. Um, but as we know, Shea comes back sort of better or more refined in different areas of his game year after year. So I want to ask him, like, what's next? Like last year seems like it was the top of your game, but it's clearly, you know, not going to be. So what did you add this summer? Um, want to ask him about uh, leading team Canada uh, and, you know, to get down into the nitty gritty a little bit. Want to ask him about the three point shot. If he's looking to add that back to his game and um, maybe that is the next step for how he can improve from where he was last year. I know we've talked about it before, but just I'm done doubting Shea and how good he can be. And it seems like every single summer he gets better and better and better. So mm-hmm. that's just it's it's almost like irresponsible to say to think that he's going to get better than a top five like all NBA player. But his track record says that's what it's probably going to be. So I'm interested as well of just how does he view himself coming into this coming off the the medal with Canada, being the face of the franchise, and now he's like on everyone's radar. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how he approaches the season, his teammates, and other things like that. Yeah, I mean, he finished fifth in MVP voting on a team that had a losing record. So if he puts up those same numbers and the Thunder, like we talked about their best case scenario a week or so ago, and it's like we, we kind of agreed it was top six seed in the West they're a top six seed and he has those same numbers like he's going to be in that top five and uh you know maybe uh closer to to one than five on that mvp um race th- this year so it's it's kind of wild to think about yeah he's still on the climb trying to kind of find his place in the league and i wonder what we'll see with him because we know shay is a, a great teammate and he's been very unselfish like he mentioned earlier this year like i could score 90 in a game and we lose and it doesn't matter or something like that I wonder what it'll look like for him this year as he keeps growing as a player. Does he take that next step where he gets to like 33 points a game? Or do you see him to start to give up the rope to some of these guys around him like Dub, Chet, Giddy, who he knows are going to be here probably for the long term around him? Yeah, and that's the next step for him is, I mean, team success. That's the only thing missing from his resume right now. He's got he's starting to get the accolades. He has the stats. Um, has played in the two playoff series, but when he was not the the main guy on either of those teams, and now it's like, okay, how is he going to parlay this into, um, you know, being a being a good playoff player? And it's still a little early to expect that, like this coming season. Um, but now, you know, last year was like everyone's starting to uh, learn how to pronounce his name correctly and, um see what his game is all about this year he's firmly on the radar so there's going to be more expectations yeah all the national tv games it's going to be a ton of fun next up for me we know that we're combining presti and media day as a whole i'm always looking forward to the presti isms in his press conferences of just like his little phrasing and things like retooling reshaping reconstructing or whenever he gets off on a tangent and talks about some very niche musical artist from the 70s who was in a jazz band Uh, I'm always interested in that where you hear him talking and you're like, I know he's saying something and he'll mention one thing. You're like, what what was that? And yeah, like wishing you could rewind. But yeah, I I don't know about you, but I always look forward to those. A lot of musical references 
And as you know, I'm not a big music guy. So a lot of those just <laughs> right over fly right head. over yeah. my head. Yeah, I don't I don't understand what's going on. Uh, he has a deep knowledge of jazz. So I'm sure we're going to get some sort of references. Um, yeah, I look, I look forward to talking to Sam during these pressers. Uh, the preseason one isn't the marathon that the um, exit interview is. Uh, there, there's kind of less to talk about before the season than after the season, just because, you know, we talked to Sam quite a bit um, after the draft picks were introduced. And that was a couple of months ago. But at the same time, like not much has materially changed with, with the roster. Um, whereas after a season, you have a whole season to to talk about it and get his thoughts and everything like that. But um, it'll still be good stuff tomorrow on, on Wednesday as we talk to Sam. Um, yeah, we've had all we, we had the Molson twins uh, reference a couple years ago with Shay and Lou and the Canadian beer uh, and the play on Olsen twins. That was just a wild reference. Uh, we, we've had. Uh, I like the one where he mentioned that he was a big Bruce Springsteen fan and just never mentioned to Mark, who's like a huge fan of Springsteen. Yeah, we 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 had the thing about painting houses. We had uh, we had all sorts of stuff. So we'll see what we get tomorrow. I'm very excited. I'm currently trying to look up how long his end of season presser was. I think it was like two hours or something like that. It was w- north of two hours. Okay, I wanted to get the over under from you here, and we'll we'll put some type of coffee bet or something like that. I'll set the over under at one hour forty five minutes. Uh, I'm going to take the under. Uh, I'll take the over on that for his exit interview um, at the end of the season. But I think I think the under is the safe bet. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's going to have as long of a leash for this preseason avail as he does for his exit interview. That's fair. But we'll also get to ask him. I just thought about this because he couldn't answer it in the exits, but about the new CBA, because a lot of it now is finalized. So. It's going to be very interested to um, it's going to be very interesting to kind of get into his mind about whatever information he will share about his thoughts about the new CBA and a lot of those changes like the second apron and more. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. Um, I had not even thought about that because um, you kind of forget the the timeline of everything when it was officially like ratified versus when he was just talking about it as more of a hypothetical. So um, him on on the CBA is going to be um, crucial information because that kind of dictates how you operate as, as a general manager. Like, what are the rules in which you're playing this game? So, um, yeah, that's a really good one. And then the last thing on the Presteisms and just talking to him, what he has to say about the arena, I think will be really fun. And I'd like to ask him, you know, the Thunder, it's obviously this building is built mainly for the Thunder. Are there any things you guys are going to want in specifically, you know, or in particular for this arena to accommodate you guys or anything like that. Yes, I that was that was next on my list asking Sam about the arena. Um you know, he he really doesn't have all that much to do with it. Um it's a city thing and an ownership thing, but Sam Presti is the closest we get. Uh, to talking to ownership, uh, I have, uh, you know, Clay Bennett, the, the Thunder chairman, d- does not often talk to the media, um, and definitely not in like a scrum setting. So, we'll we'll see what Sam has to say about that. Um, I'm I, I'm 
certain he's going to say something along the lines of they are aligned with Mayor Holt's goals and what the city wants to do with this, and they're going to uh, try their hardest to get this to happen. Um, I, I guess the main thing he can do if if he is indeed an Oklahoma City resident is, is to vote, but um, he's going to have to be kind of a spokesman for what the Thunder thinks of the the arena proposal, and I'm also interested to ask the players about this, they have even even less to do with it than Presti, but you know, like, are there things they notice in other arenas that they would like that's missing from Paycom Center or kind of, you know, stuff that the average fan would not see that um, the players are like, yeah, this, uh, you know, we could use one of these or one of these. I don't even know what the answer would be, but I'm curious to ask. Who do you think will have the wildest arena takes from the players, even if you get them off the record of just like, what do you think about these these places you play? What do you want? I think J I think J Dub would have some yeah. really opinionated arena views. Yeah, I don't know why he'd want like a ramen bar or something like that, and all the yeah. arenas or something. And I think Trey Mann once complained about the Rockets Arena. I think he said it was too cold. Um. So yeah, maybe we'll ask about where where would you set the thermostat. And then going back to what you said about Clay Bennett, there's no right or wrong way to do this, but I was just thinking about, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, the Dallas Cowboys with the Jerry Jones hologram that people can interview and ask questions to in the arena. I know we'll never get anything like that from Clay Bennett, but just the drastic just difference of two sides is just hilarious to me. Yeah, Clay, Clay Bennett hologram. Uh, I don't I don't think that's going to happen, uh, but what a world it would be. Yeah, fifty million of the funding is just for the hologram where you can ask Presty things, and he kind of just answers it. But you're like, I'm not sure if he answered what I what I asked though. Yeah, they but, should add that to the arena vote. Have a little amendment there if they want to approve the holograms. Yeah, that's where you go if you have any complaints about the arena. And it's like, I feel like I, he heard me, but I don't think he heard me about this. But I, I've got a couple more. Um, who had the best summer? That's always one of those that comes out. I mean, that'll come out even more during training camp. I mean, Trey Mann was the guy last year, I think. But you always hear about guys where it's like, yeah, I saw this guy in a gym over the summer and he really got a lot better. Just hearing from Isaiah Roby was a big one. Isaiah Roby. So maybe this is like the canary in the coal mine of just like fooling us. But I'm excited to see what these guys who are working with them day in and day out think about who's really taking a leap over the summer. Okay, who's like it? Who's an under the radar name that we might hear, um, but we might be skeptical, a la the Isaiah Roby mention. It's gonna be like Lindy Waters. It's gonna be somebody on a two way <laughs> where you're like, yeah, I I don't know if they're gonna get them. Maybe it's Wiggins. Maybe it's Wiggins. It could be Wiggins. Like, I want to say man, but we've already been through that. Um, just because he's a guy that I, I feel like is going to look good in any summer run. Um, yeah, maybe we get some like Keontae Johnson buzz. Jay will has just like elevated his three point game to another dimension. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are all good guesses. Um, yeah, we'll see who would you like to hear has had the best summer. I mean, I think we're going to hear this anyway, but Chet to me would be the good one. We've heard it from, Basically, every NBA vet who has a podcast or who has appeared on a podcast that 
uh, Chet is really good and that they've played against him and he was impressive. So I, I want to hear like what his teammates have seen from him this summer since we haven't seen all that much of him outside of summer league. Yeah. And then on top of that, Chet's the obvious one. I want to hear what people have to say about Oos and how he's progressed over yeah. the summer because we all know about just how hard of a transition it was for him coming over his third country in three years, new language, all these other things, new teammates as a teenager. And I'm excited to see with some more stability how much that has helped him. Oos is a really good guess, by the way, of like who has impressed you. I think we're going to hear a lot of that. Be a good way to like pump pump the guy up who sometimes seems to struggle with confidence as any young player would. Uh, I'm excited for a lot of this stuff. And then one other one, who will have the best quote? In Uh, a good way, hopefully. (laughs) I think Mark Dagnall will probably have the best quote. Um, I I enjoy his brand of humor. Player-wise, I think it might be... I think... Kenrich Williams might have the best quote. I was going to go with J-Dub or Chet. I feel like Chet has been waiting to say something. And then Dub, he'll have something out of context where he'll make some type of comparison. Or like I remember at exit interviews, they're like, what do you have uh, planned for the summer? He goes, I am going home and I am going to sleep. (laughs) Yeah, I. uh, who else would? Wiggins could have one. He's got a sense of humor. Yeah, I, I like Wiggins a lot. Isaiah Joe also mm-hmm. uh, is a is a candidate for this. Davis Bertans is a wild card stealth candidate. Maybe he's going to throw out the uh, the laptop thing like Sharich did. Um, you know, there's some there's some pretty good quotes on the team. Shea to me often has insightful answers and honest answers, but um, isn't looking to make a splash with like a one liner or anything like that. So I doubt it's him. Uh, probably he's not going to be giddy, even though, you know, he, he will answer your question and everything, but I'm thinking of the guys that like try to make a joke up there or, or make us laugh. And, you know, J dub Ken rich Wiggins Lou Dort is like low key, pretty funny. Uh, just in his delivery. Uh, and like tapping the mic, he's going to tap the mic before he sits down for his interview, which will be um, that'll be very endearing. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I- I'm very excited to see all these guys and just hear from them. And um, yeah, they've got a good sense of humor with a lot of these guys. But I'll-, I'll transition to our next thing, which is strolling down memory lane. You mentioned Lou Dort and tapping the microphone, which reminded me instantly of a, a memory I thought I had suppressed. But at one point during a presser. I got in there and I sat down and I asked Lou at one of the questions, like, hey, why didn't you tap the mic? And he's like, and he said, and everyone else in the room said, he did though. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. So then I remember the next presser we get in there, he made eye contact with me and tapped the microphone like very slowly and de- deliberately to let me know I am doing this again. That was a good, that was a good memory. Uh, I don't think I was even in here for this, but I saw the video and you told me about it. Uh, when you asked Doc Rivers about like his experience as a point guard or something, and he was like, that was a long time ago. Doc is like the best coach to to interview, but that was that was a favorite one of mine. I enjoyed talking to Mike Brown and I asked him a question 
about why players get more leeway to go to other teams and develop and coaches don't. And he goes, um, well, I want to work for you and you're a GM so you can give me some leeway. And he goes, also, I forgot your question. What did you ask? <laughs> oh, that's a pretty good one. But yeah, man, we've had some we've had some fun times. Uh, a lot of back and forth banter after games as we wait for guys to come into the press conference, uh, guessing which players are going to come in. That's always a, a favorite of mine. Um yeah, I mean, if you could record the Thunder Media Room as we're waiting for the players, I don't know if it would it would do we can't numbers. Do that. No, you can't. We can't. We, we can't do that. We've got to have to watch what we say. Got to keep some people safe, like Rylan. <laughs> yeah, you never know what he's going to say. But those are always fun. I still remember the first time I went to a game, and Joe, um, he uh, chaperoned me around the arena to let me know what was going on. It was very nice of him that day. I still remember that. That was that was very cool against Orlando, the first one. Hmm. What was our first podcast about? Do you remember the topic? I do. I remember the title. It was winning in different ways, and it was after the Clippers. They beat the Clippers twice at home. Oh, wow. Yeah, the back-to-back. That's when uh, Ty Lu made a crack when I asked him if he likes these like baseball series, and he was like, depends where we are, which uh, was a not-so-failed shot at Oklahoma City, which I understand if you live in Los Angeles, but... um. I, I'm assuming it was like during that series. Yeah, it was right around uh, Halloween. I remember we did Trick or Take, and one of them was about Trey Mann being the second um, leading scorer on this team. And I will not elaborate on what we said, if that was true or false, but um, you can go back and listen. Did we think it was true? Yes. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Uh. There are quite a few of those in there that I, I'm going to have to go back and listen to. I remember one of them was like, can Shea keep doing this? Like, I don't know. And then he, of course, <laughs> uh, one of them was, is Mark going to play like 12 guys the whole season? And we're like, we think he's going to figure it out soon. This won't go on for like too much longer. It's like, surprise, Jeez. this is never ending. It's it's head scratching that we we were convinced about Trey Mann but still skeptical about Shea Gilgis Alexander. I, I think we had that wrong. In hindsight, that was not a good move on our part. That and having like zero expectations in a zero, in a good or bad way for J Dub, we just didn't know. Where it's like, yeah, he could be good. Um, but he I don't I know. I stand by that one. Yeah. I stand by that one. <laughs> you can't just assume every rookie is going to be good. You're gonna be you're gonna be wrong more times than not if that is the assumption. So um yeah, I I mean, I'll take an L on that one just out of uh pra- practicality. Uh I I think that yeah, I'm uh, I'm not going to get too far out over my skis as they say um about a rookie's performance, but yeah, the Trey Man one hurts. I think I had like a bold prediction before the season that he was going to be their second leading score and like be like one of the top bench scores in the NBA, like 17 points per game or something. It's just crazy. Looking back at it, uh, one of my favorite moments. I don't know if you even remember this. We were done with um, a pregame presser and you're like, have you met Mark yet? I was like, I mean, like we talked like here to here. And he was like, you should meet Mark. And then you said something to him. He turned around. He's you go here. This is Michael. He does our podcast stuff and whatever. And I go, hi, I'm Michael. And he goes, hi, I'm Mark Dagnalt. And I was like, yes. <laughs> um, that reminds me. Uh, I'm a big baseball fan. Josh Donaldson got waved by the Yankees, picked up by the Brewers. 
and there was like an interview today where like he did not he he did not introduce himself to his new teammates because uh he said something like they know who I am. So Mark Degnault took a very different route uh to to that. I I always I I like it when I mean Mark Degnault is famous in Oklahoma City basketball circles. He's not famous outside of that. But I but I uh I enjoy when people that very clearly you know their name, but they still introduce themselves. It's like ah just like us. Scoot Henderson did that at a workout for the Blazers and he comes up and he goes, Hi everybody, I'm Scoot. It's like, yes, yeah, that's, we, we, that's we're nice. all aware. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Isaiah Joe is not Scoot Henderson, but Isaiah Joe did that uh in his first media avail. He like shook everyone's hand and introduced himself. It's like yeah, we we know who you are. That's why we're all like crowded around interviewing you instead of the other way around. What other ones? I remember one time, I don't know if you were here for this, but it was Barry talking about somebody breaking Pete Maravich's scoring record. And all of us yeah. are just listening to Barry like we're all kids at like a, a fireplace listening to somebody during story time. And Mark walks in. He goes, all right, that's enough. He goes, what are you, yeah. what are you even talking about? And then he ends up getting into the discussion. Yeah, it was that kid from... Uh... Detroit Mercy, I, I think, mm-hmm. who who just broke the record. Did he get picked? I, I, I don't. Man, I, I forgot his name, but I'm I'm wondering if he got picked up somewhere. The guy who beat Pe- Pete Maravich's record. That's what he will be known as. No name attached. Okay, this is our last podcast, so I'm gonna. I don't mind if I go for Have it. some dead air, dead air here. Antoine Davis is his name. Shout out Antoine Davis. Um. Says he's with the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, signs contract with the Trailblazers. I don't know what kind of contract it is, but hey, good for him. Um, I also remember every single reference to Quad A Green, uh, which I think he got as many references as some players who actively played for the team. That's that's really true. Uh, I'm, I love Quad A Green. I don't need to explain who Quade Green is, you, you got to go back and listen or or just Google him. That would probably be a faster way to find out who he is. But um, it's one of the biggest regrets of my career as a Thunder beat writer is not doing the Quade Green tell-all and uh, or asking Shay if he, um, if he hates John Calipari for benching him in favor of quite a green to, to start his freshman year at Kentucky. Um, that's I, a good one. I enjoyed your uh, ice cream story at Staples Center where you like pass Jay-Z. That's right. Me and Jay-Z just eating ice cream at Staples as we watch uh, LeBron set a record. Wasn't it like, that was a very cool night. Wasn't it like Windhorse and Zach Lowe like sitting in front of you or behind you? Yeah, they were they were behind me. Um I don't know if I've told this story on the pod, but it's not really a good story. But Windhorse <laughs> was just what a way to preface your story. This is a terrible story. I don't know if I've told it before, but you're gonna hear it. I mean, it's a very like mundane story, but uh, Brian Windhorse is just one of the nicest guys around. Um, we were in Phoenix covering a game together, and this was actually when Durant was supposed to make his debut, but he slept during warmups and didn't play. Um, so he was in Phoenix. Um, he uh, he lives in Omaha. We were both going to the airport at the same time, and on the elevator in our hotel, back up to our rooms before uh, the the night before we leave, he was like, "Hey, 
you want to catch an Uber together? And I was like, sure. So Brian Winhorst, uh, I, I had an Uber on ESPN. So that was very kind of Mr. Winhorst. Have I told that story? No, no, you've not. Huh. I remember in Phoenix, you did talk to JJ Reddick for a story about Isaiah Joe, though. Yeah, I did talk to Reddick. Very nice guy. Um, yeah, you meet a lot of really cool people on on this in this line of work. Was it an all star when you were in the elevator with Sean Marion? Yeah, Sean Marion. It's a. I mean, also like Dr. J was in the lobby. So, but I still focused on being uh, on the elevator with Sean Marion. I also enjoyed. It's like, oh, go ahead. Like, Na- like the elevator door opens and there's Nancy Lieberman. You know the 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 legend herself who uh, does the pregame and postgame shows for the Thunder, but. Like she knows literally everyone in basketball and Sean Marion gives Nancy Lieberman a hug. And it's like, ah, like I know who Sean Marion is, Nancy Lieberman. Everything's, you know, it's 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 like a meeting of of everyone and of who's who in basketball. I mean, I didn't even travel, but I met a lot of people like sitting in for um, a pregame presser with the opposing team's coach. And I look around, I'm like, oh, that's Mike Breen sitting next to me. Why are you here? Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember whenever I talked to Alvin Gentry, I told you about this and I told him like, Hey, I know you're a scout here. I don't want to bother you, but I was a big fan of a lot of those Suns teams. And he looked at me like I was an alien. He was like, what are you talking about? Like, there's no way you watch those teams. (laughs) He's like, okay. And sat right back down. Oh man. Of course you have the one where I talked to Del Curry and I asked him if there's a next level to shooting, if anyone can progress shooting, like there are new pitchers, there are new people throwing footballs. Like, is there a next level to shooting? And he just goes, no, (laughs) that was his full quote. He was like my sons and it's not going to progress past that. That. And then, um, some other ones here, uh, Mark Dagnall bullying you and I for wearing hats to practice was one. I take offense to this. This gets me every time. I I enjoy wearing hats. I have quite a collection of ball caps, and I I just I, I just feel feel good wearing a hat. I'm wearing a hat right now as we speak in my own home. Uh, it is not. It it is not something I wear as a crutch for having not showered, which Mark Dignalt just assumes that anyone who is wearing a hat has not showered. I can shower and then put on a hat upon my showered head. That's something that can happen. And Mark Dignall needs to respect us for that. I did feel called out whenever he mentioned that. I was like, I didn't shower this morning. That's not why I was wearing a hat. I just like wearing the hat, but it was true. Listen, just because you're not wearing a hat doesn't mean you have showered. Maybe you just, you know, Maybe you woke up and your hair looks just fine, or you, uh, you, you know, ran it under some water without fully showering. You know, there's all sorts of things one can do. I remember one was um, you texted me after this pod. I was talking to Barry about something with Indiana, and I was like, "You should go to Indiana and talk to Rick Carlisle." And he's like, "I am." I was like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah." It was like the one trip Barry. He took two trips, and one of them was the one where you told him he should, and he was like, "Yeah." I- I'm actually doing that. All the fun times with Barry, which I know you weren't here for all of them, but anytime he'd reference something old and then just be incredulous that I didn't know what he was talking about. Or it's like, Michael, and you know how that song goes. It's from um, this uh, 
bluegrass artist from the 1920s, uh, Catfish Green. And I'm like, I don't know. He's like, how do you how do you possibly not know who this man is? Yeah, I enjoyed when you asked him trivia questions and he would like nail like every player from the the 60s. Uh, you know, I, I feel like he guessed Tiny Archibald on like 12 different answers and got them all right or something. But uh, yeah, Barry is one of a kind. And uh, now to to wrap this thing's up, thing up, uh, maybe you'll be on on another podcast with Barry for a sellout crowd and that'll be cool. Uh, John Hamm and and Brett, who I work with on Dream Team, so we're all kind of connected here. So I'm sure we're going to be speaking. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll be on your pod. Is that allowed? Uh, I'll make it happen. We'll we'll put you on a different name with like a mustache and things like that. No one <laughs> will wear know. It. Yeah, since you guys video all your pods, I'll I'll wear a, a very uh, good disguise. Yeah, it's like. This is us going, it's like whenever you're at a party somewhere and you're like, all right, I'll see you later. And then you both walk the same direction to your car. It's sort of like that. It's yeah, like that's, leaving, but that's not the really equivalent leaving. of seeing, um, by the way, I, I apologize to Tiny Archibald. I felt bad as soon as I said this, but uh, played in the 70s and early 80s, not 60s. But anyway, thank you so what, much. Where, where, where were we? For our tiny Archibald <laughs> core listener group, I'm sure they're like <laughs> typing furiously, and they're like, "Okay, well, let me hit backspace on this." But yeah, like you were mentioned, wrapping up, I wanted to thank everyone who listened to these podcasts and really helped me grow along the way, and to thank you to you, Joe, because a lot of people in this media stuff, it is cutthroat. I don't think that's like a taboo thing to say, but Joe really held my hand along the way to show me how to do a lot of these things and allowed me to be creative and explore. And, um, you know, we are the Thunder Buddies, but it's on and off the floor. Joe and I would text about basketball, media stuff, life, whatever. And we're still going to do that. And I'll definitely have to have you on a pod soon. But I just wanted to say one last time, thank you to you and thank you to everyone who's listened to any of these podcasts and our various ramblings. Well, I echo those thoughts right back at you. Um, this was a lot of fun. We've had some good times. We will continue to have good times as we uh, sort of go our, our separate ways, but on the same path back to our car like tomorrow when we uh, go to the Sam Presti press conference uh, and see each other here in about 24 hours. But uh, yeah, you, you did great work on this. I'm excited to see what you do in this business and in the future. Uh, in the meantime, I hope our listeners both stay here and listen to your new podcast. There's all sorts of ways to consume Thunder content. But yeah, thank you, Michael. Thanks to the listeners. What an era. The end of an era. End of an era. Yeah, I um, I was talking one of my friends who sent a question in for the Q&A. I was like, you got, po- you got posted in the Oklahoma and published before I did. That's actually insane. And <laughs> which was very funny. But yeah, thank you all for listening. Thank you to Joe uh, TBD on the podcast um, news coming soon for myself and for the Thunder Buddies. Make sure to like, subscri- uh, subscribe, comment, rate us five stars, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, there will be a lot of media day coverage, like Joe said, from all parts of the world and the Thunder media. But um, until next time, thank you for listening. 